Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, professional wrestling fan. What's up, loyal listener? How you doing? Hopefully you're well. Hopefully you're having a good week on the grind, doing some sports cards things. I think that's what we're always doing in the back of our heads, in the back of our minds. There's so many priorities, responsibilities. Life is changing around all of us, but we have one thing that we can turn to as a safe space, a safe space and escape for, for all of us. And that is the sports card market. And I am so fired up here to be delivering this episode. As I'm recording, it's a Saturday here in Indianapolis, and it is spring cleaning. Yes, you heard that right. Spring cleaning is upon us. I just got done with uh, some husband duties vacuuming, cleaning. Whenever you get the uh, toilets involved, that's when you know you're getting the deep clean going, right? Refrigerators, toilets, you know what? I'm in it so I can do this. I I just get told what to do. I'm going to do it so I can sit here and for the rest of the day, talk a little bit about the sports card uh, market and our hobby. Maybe get on eBay, check out how things are doing. Instagram, respond to some DMs. That's what I do, and I'm better for it. So if you're out there listening to this and you got maybe spring cleaning upon you this next weekend, this weekend coming up, uh, best of luck to you. Just get it done. Just get it done. Because once you get it done, you don't battle it. You don't complain about it. You got sports cards to be there for you on the other side of it. At least that's that's what it is for me right now. A lot of stuff going on. There's some things that I want to cover in this show. Um, but just off the top, I I mentioned it in the weekly rip. Shout out all you weekly rip subscribers. If you're not subscribed to the weekly rip, it's 100% free. You can find the link in my bio on Instagram. I closed out this last weekly rip with a um, ode to Bobby Slick Leonard. And I just wanted to make sure that on the show, the Stacking Slabs podcast, I had the opportunity to just remark on Slick. Bobby Slick Leonard is an Indiana icon and legend. Um, He is the voice of basketball to me. Um, Growing up, listening to the Pacers, it was listening to Slick. Got to throw out a boom baby for Slick. Boom baby! That is, uh, he's a, uh, just such, we lost a very, very important figure to the game of basketball. And I think he is one of those guys that outside of Indiana might not have gotten the recognition that I think he deserves, but a true basketball legend. Um, so I just want to say, I put some words in the weekly rip. I don't want to repeat myself, but I just want to say, um, thoughts and prayers are to, uh, the Leonard family, thoughts and prayers are to uh, anyone associated with Slick, but I can say 
that anyone who is appreciates the game of basketball and especially those from Indiana, uh, we we've lost a legend. Um, and I just felt like it was important to, uh, pay my respect off the top. Uh, and I can just say like, I can just say when, you know, growing up and when the Pacers were hot in the nineties, it was, I think about those teams and I think about, you know, Reggie and the battles with the Knicks and the, the, the Davises and everything, Rick Smiths and Mark Jackson and everything. But I also think about Slick Leonard because he was the voice of that all. So um, thoughts and prayers. Um, we, we, we lost a, a, a legend. And I hope that anyone listening uh, takes a little time, maybe get on the YouTube, look up Slick Leonard. Um, and also, too, I'll plug it here. I plugged it in the newsletter, but definitely Kyle at Wax Museum uh, was fortunate. I think it was in October, got a chance to interview uh, Slick for the uh, Wax M- Museum podcast. And uh, there were some stories in there that I'm, I still think about today. So I'm glad that happened. So if you're looking for a good conversation, I point you there. Um, but also there's many moments on YouTube as well. So I am digging out of a hole as well as spring cleaning. So I got the cleaning going, but I'm also selling a lot of stuff and I'm not necessarily selling sports cards. We'll talk about that a little later, but I am selling a lot of wrestling items and memorabilia. And I am doing this for several different reasons. One, I'm looking to get some cash before I go to the Dallas show. And if you didn't listen to the end of, I think it was last week when I mentioned it, I will be in the D. So if you're going to the Dallas show, what's up? Let's, let's, uh, hopefully I get a chance to bump into you. My intentions are just to connect with people of the Stacking Slabs community. I want to talk with sports card collectors out there, meet some of you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have fun doing that. Spend a couple days in Dallas going to the Dallas card show. I just saw so much action and energy from the last couple um, shows on Instagram. And I was like, I got to get down there. So I'm selling a bunch of stuff, not only just to get cash for the Dallas show, but big life update. We are expecting our first here in the Stacking Slabs HQ. Uh, We've got a baby girl on the way coming in October. So super fired up. I'm thrilled. It's been a, uh, heck of a road for us and a journey and um, shout out to anyone out there uh, shout out parents and uh, anyone out there who is uh, trying to be a parent um, it's been a quite a, a road for us so we are thrilled we got some good news um, a, a couple months ago and uh, we're just pumped so I am trying to clear out space so we can add a nursery to the stacking slabs HQ but while we do that I'm also uh, accumulating some funds that maybe I can go take with me to Dallas and uh, buy a big boy card. And I will say, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I was DMing with my man, Greg from the pack profits and he had a wise quote. And I just, it, I, I hold this with me. Um, as long as you've collected something, you, you've, you have owned it and you can, you appreciate owning that, those pieces. And I think that's right. And I'm getting rid of a lot of uh, wrestling stuff, not all of it, but some of it that just won't uh, fit in uh, in the in the crib anymore. And I do as I package that stuff up. Um, I'm I'm reflecting on just yes, I own this stuff and it's okay. It's going to go to another collector in another home. And I got to say, 
it is all about building relationships and time is valuable to me. And I have all of these items and things and um, just through communities and connecting with other people, I have uh, an individual um, shout out Benji, my man, Benji. I just said, Hey dude, I know you're deep in the the game. You've got a lot of connections. Um, I want to send you all of this stuff and I, I want to ha- have you help me sell it. And I will give you a percentage off of that, kind of like a consignment. Um, and we're making that happen. But it's, I think there's a lot of opportunities just for sports cards too. Like if you don't have the time, you don't want to deal with the back and forth, um, go, go find a consigner that you, you believe in and you trust and you have a relationship with. That's what I'm doing with a bunch of this wrestling, wrestling uh, paraphernalia, figures, items. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm using someone that I trust and I'm giving, making sure it's worth his time, giving him a percentage, but he's doing me a huge favor. Um, and managing some things that I didn't necessarily have time to manage. So big life update there. Um, things happen quickly. Um, but we're super excited and super thrilled for the new addition to the stacking slabs family in the headquarters over here. Um, how do you pivot off of that topic? I don't know, but we're going to, um, in a f- NBA playoffs, man, these, they are right. It, it seems like they're, they're coming up hot and heavy and they'll be here before we know it. As a matter of fact, I think we've got the playing games while the Dallas show is happening. So there'll be a lot of hype and activity. I think what we're seeing too, on the, the basketball side is that a a leveling out of our hobby and people are definitely using more of their um, heads, their head when they're making plays. Um, You're not seeing the dramatic uh, uh, ups and downs of rookies that we saw this time last year. Um, It's, it's, it's more steady. There's no bull bull mania going on. Will there be bull bull mania going on come the playoff time? I don't know. Maybe. But I think just it's been encouraging over the last few years, or excuse me, last year, just to see uh, a maturing of the hobby. And I think as the market matures, um, you know, we're less inclined to make rash decisions. Um, we're seeing um, people putting their money in more proven and established players, and I think that's interesting. And I think that's probably right. Um, who knows? We've got a weird. Part interesting time in the NBA right now where tons of people and tons of big stars are hurt, and it seems like it's stagnant and things aren't, um, things might not be as exciting as the in the product as they've been before. And I think you, you chalk that up to just it, the NBA has been running a continuous cycle. It seems like, um, we, we had no sports this time last year, and then the bubble happened, and then it was just like the NBA. Uh, outside of a brief break, was just running, has been running rampant. So I think, you know, playoff time is always special. I think there'll be some interest, there'll be some interest back into uh, sports cards and uh, with some of the maybe uh, rookies or potential players like a Michael Porter Jr., who now um, has a big stage to prove his value to the rest of the market. Um, and I think things will begin to tick back up, but I do think it's 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 a positive that we're not seeing these ups and downs as that we did last year. And and moving over to the NFL, we've got the NFL draft that's right around the corner, which is insane because it seems like yesterday I was watching the virtual version of the draft from my from from my home, and um, 
I enjoyed that actually. Um, I thought they did a nice job. Um, and it just seems like time is flying. And in the football card market, there has been literally no off season. It has been, it has been hotter than ever. We're seeing all time highs every week, every day of some of the players. And I got to ask the question. Um, and I shout out Emil and uh, I got interviewed by Emil on Slab Talk. Go check out that interview. Go check out Slab Talk podcast. We were talking about it, and I just said, "Hey, man, like, you know, we we we're we're coming off the heels of a Super Bowl that had the two hot has the two hottest players in in the players that hold up the hobby play against each other, and there was no dips after that, right? Brady wins seventh, and I I've I've been on this podcast talking about how." Tom Brady's seventh was the best thing that could ever happen to the football card market. And that's proven true. It, it depends on what perspective you're looking at that from. I mean, if you're if you're a buyer right now, it's it's tough. It is really tough because prices on a lot of cards are it's hotter than ever. It really is. Like you're seeing the quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, like the list goes on and on, like new all time highs every day from some of their stuff. So I think it's just, it's interesting. It's exciting for me because I love the football card market because it's different than basketball cards, it's different than baseball cards. And each of these markets are different and you can't treat them the same. You really can't. And so I think from, from me, um, I'm not doing what I did last year, and that was let me go buy a bunch of uh, receivers and hope that they pop. I'm not doing that. But what I am doing is I'm I'm uh, I'm looking at my current collection and I'm evaluating. I'm looking at opportunities and I'm trying to make the decision of what I want to do and where I want to do it. But I think football is a year long sport because of the combine, because of the draft, because of the OTAs, because of the training camp, because of preseason, because of season playoff super bowl rinse and repeat we're beginning to see the football card market operate as such it's it's it is ironic right so uh two years ago mahomes wins the super bowl cards on his prices go down um people make a lot of buys i wish i bought at that time and then this year mahomes loses the super bowl cards are steady and you know go up a little bit so it's funny it's just things you need to pay attention to um, but I, I love it and I'm, I'm super excited about the way the football card mark market is, uh, trending. Um, I, I think for me, I'm trying to consider everything and know that we can take things that might've happened last year and treat them as, uh, opportunities to learn, but know that we might not necessarily see the same things as we did from this time last year. And I think with football cards specifically, I look at what happened was the all-time highs of a lot of these prices of these cards were the week before the season. And then these players stepped on the field and it's almost like they have to go out and uh, you know play out of their minds for their prices to go up. So I think that's just something to be mindful of as a buyer and a seller is just be mindful because last year it was, there was only a few players during like the beginning of the season whose prices were going up. Josh Allen was a big one, right? Josh Allen was having a breakout year. Uh, people felt like his prices were too low and then he gained a lot of interest and people who bought in on Josh Allen 
um, at the right time are feeling pretty good about himself about about their their PC because his he's really established himself outside of Brady and Mahomes as kind of that next guy. So I think it's you know these years pass by us in the hobby, and I think there are things we can learn from each year. But when you move forward, you you can't necessarily expect for the same things to play out. So I'm very curious. I'm fascinated. I can't wait to see how the football card market is playing out. But like, if I'm zooming all the way out, the one thing I can say is that if you are, if you if you have if you have ownership in football cards and quarterbacks specifically, and you've got some nice pieces, you should feel feel really good about it because there's more people um, jumping into football cards than ever before. And speaking about football cards, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, um, I got to just say, man, National Treasures hit. I had no interest in paying the prices to go uh, take a chance and gamble on uh, grabbing a uh, RPA of Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman um, or maybe swinging for the fences. But I've, I've been enjoying watching the breaks NT is obviously just a a superb product. You heard my man Carvin, the architect of the exquisite RPA. Um, Shout out to him. He talked about the NT and its significance. Um, If you didn't listen to the episode with Carvin, go back and listen to it. It is awesome. One of the most fun episodes I've had uh, recently. But you know, with NT dropping RPAs, um, we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of the things. That I'm saying, but I got to just say, shout out my man Ryan, card collector two. I'm sitting there last night, and I see uh, the 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 post on the IG, and whenever I see a, a post from a break on the IG from card collector two, I stop and I watch, and I have been fortunate that I have. I popped into some of his breaks just in the past. Just and I've seen it seems like every time I pop into his break, I see a big card getting hit. I was not on this break live, but I just saw the video. So of course I saw the NT boxes and I saw the post and I said to myself, huh, I wonder what Ryan pulled here. And boy, did he pull something. He pulled for a customer a true rookie patch auto. Four color patch. One, two, three, four. Justin Herbert out of 99. Boom. Big boy card. I, it, it was not only the Justin Herbert RPA, but the patch was unbelievable. So those are the types of moments as spectators and fans of the hobby. Like it gives me goosebumps to think about that. That card potentially has the, that card has the opportunity to change the uh the that customer's life i mean that card is massive that is the card right now in that product um outside of you know the one one of ones and shields and stuff but just awesome to see stuff that stuff fires me up it gives me energy um and i'm going to talk a little bit about uh rookie patch autos and nt and specifically football here towards the end of the show but Speaking of emotion, I put out there this week, emotions are never a weakness here. It's rocket fuel for the growth of our market. It's hard to deny passion. Spread it out amongst a collective and you start to see things no other industry has seen before. 
I have talked about this. I look at and I study markets for a living. I've been doing this my entire career. And this is of what we're seeing right now in the sports card market and hobby is not normal. Do not discount passion. And I think that's super important. In the episode with Carvin, he talked a lot about nostalgia and why nostalgia always wins. And I love to put on my nostalgia goggles. Nostalgia makes us feel good. It, it makes us be, it makes it, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a feeling that just like moves over us when we think about cards and the situation in life when they were introduced to us, the reasons why we were collecting, and the association we have with the players on the cardboard, the games we watch. I think that's super important, and I think nostalgia will always win. And with nostalgia, it brings a heavy dose of passion. We all get on the internet, and it's incredible. If you really think about it, before pre Instagram, pre-internet, um, you had no one to talk to about sports cards outside of your immediate network and friends. What the internet provides is a just amplification of opportunities to share information, connect with others who share in the same passion. The digital age in sports card communication and transactions and relationship building is off the charts, just off the charts. And that stuff excites me because there's so many opportunities to play off of those connections and to consider what else can we be doing in this industry to bring together people who want to learn from each other. Opportunities are freaking endless. Card shows. Man, I talked about Dallas. I'm so pumped. Dallas will give me the opportunity to meet face-to-face with individuals that I've been messaging and connecting with for the past year. You can't beat that. So when I think about the emotion, when I think about what's happening in the market, when I think about being a spectator and watching Justin Herbert's RPA get pulled, when I think about not cleaning the house, not cleaning toilets, when I'm thinking about not working, when I think about being on my phone, looking at eBay, connecting with you, or looking at my PC, I have no other choice but to be positive. I have no other choice because this is providing such a feeling and a moment of nostalgia and the feel goods that I I just can't, I, I have a tough time. I understand the negative, but I have a tough time understanding why people would want to wallow in the negative. Validation is here. Validation is here. We are in a community, in a market that is unprecedented. The big topics we all need to look at are the technology. How is technology being introduced in our space to help support the hobby that we love? Our categories being created. We need this market to start creating categories, categories that bring different segments of collectors, investors, flippers, whatever. We need to start bringing categories together because when when you start to build categories in a market, it gives people a place to go to hear less noise for them and more opportunities to educate, more opportunities to entertain, more opportunities to connect with people like them. Other thing, I said technology, categories, content. If you're sitting here, you're listening to Stacking Slabs, you're consuming content. And I hope that you are consuming my content because 
it educates, or it entertains you. The more opportunities you can go to go find people who have content that educates and entertains, the more likelihood you'll be interested in sports cards, the more likelihood you'll have opportunities to not necessarily take what I'm saying and go take action, but I hope it gets you all to think. So I think that's really important. And don't ever let the the emotion die down. Like take the passion, let it take the wheel and go. I think for me, patience in slowing down is uh, really, really difficult. Um, I think what's going on in my world right now is I'm at this place and it's this evolution and everyone has these turns and everyone evolves in the hobby. And I'm looking at my PC and saying, huh, I really love this PC. And I will say right now, like, I feel like I, we, we have money, right? We've got money in our bank accounts. We've got money in sports cards. And right now I look at my PC and I just see stacks of slabs, right? Stacking slabs. And I feel like I'm, I've got, I'm, I feel, I feel more card rich than ever, right? More card rich than ever. And so for me, it's like, I have this collecting mindset and it's so many great collectors take their cards and they're able to sell their cards to get money to go buy other cards. And there's this whole process of consolidation. It's not easy and it's not for the faint of heart. It really isn't. I stare and I, I look at my PC and I'm like, man, like I love all these cards and there's a reason I bought them. And I have a tough time getting rid of them. And a part of the reason is why I have a tough time getting rid of them is because I buy cards of players that I'm passionate about. And, it, and also there's a, a level of potential that I always look at when I'm buying cards. Potential is important to me. I, 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 I buy the cards because I want them and they make me feel good. But also I want to hope that those cards are going to increase in value. So I'm thinking a lot about what do I want to be, what do I want to do, what do I want to be, especially looking at having an event like Dallas ahead. Um, and I think, what do I want in the next, my next six to 12 months look like? I love activity. I, I think it's always important to having, have activity. The more we have activity, the more opportunities are going to present themselves. And it's this, this mindset of like, like what Greg said, it's like you owned it, so just be happy you owned it, but don't look back. Uh, it, it, I struggle giving up cards, and I think the hobby isn't easy, and there's plenty of opportunities where you're going to maybe regret or find conflict, but I think on the other side of it is like, I think I need to think about the market more like I think about my job, where it's done is better than perfect, like push it out, go, activity, activity, activity. And the more activity that happens, the more things and results take place, and then the more learnings you have over time. So I think we all want to feel like when we buy cards, we're going to marry, be married to those cards forever. But maybe that's not true. Like maybe we need to be think about, okay, this is the spot that this card is going to sit. It's, I'm going to get to enjoy it for a while. But there might be a time where you evolve as a collector and it's time and there's another card that pops up and taking some of the cards that you currently own and selling them to go buy that new card. Maybe that's the right decision. I don't know, 
these are the things that are going on in my head right now. And this is what I'm thinking about a lot. I want to say shout out Spinatron. Congratulations on 10K. I'm, he's someone I've been following on Instagram for quite some time. I'm, I'm pumped that he jumped on IG Live. He did an episode with 90s basketball cards, Jake. Um, Spinatron is showing off his PC. I got a chance to talk with Spino on his IG Live, and it was a great experience. I think the more people that have collections like Spino who are sharing it off every day, who come and start talking about what they're buying, why they bought it, moments in time, and start sharing those stories and attaching stories to those awesome PCs, like, I got nothing but time for that. Like, get, get my popcorn ready. I just want to chill and look at my phone and listen to these people talk about their cards. Like, that's because I'm a fan of the hobby. And I think that stuff is exciting. And I think we should all follow good people. We should all follow people that have PCs and collections that we could dream of because you're going to learn. There are going to be nuggets in what they're saying, why they bought, when they bought, product information. That's one of the things that... I just value so much from following all the great collectors is you really understand product knowledge and having product knowledge and passion and move pushing those things together is what the name of the game is about, right? Don't go into this with just product knowledge and no passion. Don't just go into this with passion and no product knowledge, right? But if you combine those two things, man, it's history. Game freaking over. I want to shout out my boys, Max and Shay. Max at Putnam Cards, Shay at Shea Wave Vlogs, the hobby update, baby, tag team effort, more hobby content that I can support and I can shout out here on the Stacking Slabs podcast. I listen to the hobby update. It's a good show, everyone. Go check it out. Stacking Slabs approved. Two good brothers in the hobby coming together for a new podcast about basketball cards. And I got nothing but time for those two guys. They have a really good podcast. I told you, shout out Emil. I had a blast on Slab, Slab Talk. Go check out his stuff. I also want to shout out my man, Adam. He sent me a hard copy of the Basketball Card Fanatic with that Luca Gold on the front. That magazine's so good. Adam pours his energy into that, and I just think that's an important magazine. If you're listening to this podcast, you should go consider um, subscribing. It is a... Whenever that thing comes and hits my inbox and this time hit my mailbox, it is a moment for me on the weekend where I can take a step back and say, you know what, this is going to be about an hour of entertainment for me and I'm going to pick it up and look through it again. So keep doing what you're doing, Adam. Has anyone felt the prism momentum slow down on the basketball side? I don't know. It just feels like it's slowed down a little bit. And I don't know if this is because the there can't be the next potential step of sending the cards into grading. Well, you can, but you might have to pay a little more. So I think this is interesting, and this is something that I'm observing. I'm observing a little bit of a slowdown on the prison basketball side. It just, the hype doesn't seem to be as, as, as rampant as it was or it has been. And I think it's because people can't get these cards and can't go rip hobby boxes and send in a bunch of this these cards into grading. I'm not saying people aren't still buying into breaks and I'm not saying people aren't starting to buy hobby boxes, but I think it's different. And I think the PSA news is really impacting uh, Prism at this point. And at least it is from my seat. 
I know like I would be way more inclined to go maybe participate in a prison break knowing that, okay, well, if I do hit something nice or even if I hit a silver of uh, like, you know, a mid-tier rookie that, okay, well, I, I could send this in in grading and then I'll eventually like get my money back from this break once that comes back a nine. And if it's a 10, I'll make money off of the break. Well, that's not really an option right now. It is an option, I guess, if you want to go, uh, you know, grade grade it somewhere else. But it just seems like, to me, that the momentum is is slowed down a little bit. So I think, like, this is a really interesting time for us. And it's a really interesting time to look at, like, pop reports, you know, six to 12 months from now on some of these products, not just prison, but anything that's being released here that's not super high end. We've talked about the junk slab era. Does this help put an end to the junk slab era? I think it can. And I think what is important to do is to look at this PSA news, look at the duration for when they do get back to normal and check out everything that was released during that time period and check what are the pop reports looking like six to 12 months from now. It's interesting. These are the things that I like to think about. These are the things that interest me in the hobby. I think that's good that we have these changes, and I think it's good it force, forces people like you and me to adjust what we're doing. I definitely want to spend some time talking about national treasures and talking about RPAs. I think it was really good to have Carvin on the show to clarify some points, and it can be confuse, confusing, but to clarify what is a true rookie patch auto we see rpas in quotes marketed certain ways and oftentimes the wrong way through instagram posts through ebay sales and i think carvin's point of clarification saying that the card has to have a number and on the back of it that is a number and part of the set really helps clear up some confusion for anyone that might might have been confused on what a true RPA is. Um, at least that is something I had learned, you know, within the the past eight months or something. But that's something when I got back into the hobby, I didn't know. That's something I haven't spent time talking about. Um, but I think that's important because that having that information really helps provide direction and not saying that like oh, just because something's not a true RPA doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it. That's not true. Like I have a Terry McLaurin PSA 10 stars and stripes out of 20 national treasure rookie. That's not his true RPA. However, that is a card I really, really like. So I think it just helps clear up some stuff. And I'm really happy that Carvin was able to spend some time talking about that on the show. I think what I'm doing, and I talked about Ryan's break that I watched and him pulling that banger, but I'm I'm interested to see what these Justin Herbert cards go for, what Jalen Hurts and all of these Joe Burrow, um, what these Tua, what these cards are going to um, go for. And by the way, man, this is just a, a, a vibe and a feeling, but um, maybe this changes by the time it goes live, but first couple days of NT released, it literally has been all about Justin Herbert from my from my seat. Uh, every post, I've not really seen much on Burrow Tua. Maybe they just haven't been pulled, but it, the Justin Herbert hype is legit and it's real. There is a RPA as I as I record this 
listed for a bin of 100K for Justin Herbert. There's an auction, true RPA, five days to go as I record this. It's at 30K right now. I think Ryan's car that he pulled is the nicest of the bunch. Um, but these are things I'm watching because I want to see what these cards and what the market ends up selling them for because what this will do will impact the prices of other cards that already exist of players, okay? So like if the Justin Herbert card sells for, let's just say 100K because that's what it's listed at, might sell for more. Who knows? But if it sells for 100K, what does that do to the Patrick Mahomes 2017 out of 99? What does he do to that card? That card, I think, is in a BGS 9.5, I think, is at 290, maybe BGS 9. I don't, didn't take a note on that, but that card, last sale, uh, $297,000. So if the Justin Herbert is selling for 100K, like, is it safe to say that Mahomes is three times more than Justin Herbert. To me, it seems like it should be worth more than that, right? The gap should be, should be, uh, should be, um, a little greater. I know hype plays a role into it, but come on, it's Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about here. I think this can present massive opportunities for individuals who might be looking at new quarterbacks or quarterbacks in new situations and looking at what their cards are doing. So if a Justin Herbert card sells for a certain amount of, of money, what does that do to a, a Dak Prescott's RPA? What does that do to that card? Coming back from an injury, playing in one of the biggest team fan bases in market, what does it do to Dak's RPA? What does it do to a Carson Wentz's RPA? Okay, Carson Wentz, new situation, new team. Go Colts, baby. What does that do to Russell Wilson's RPA? What does that do to Matt Stafford's RPA? New situation. So I think it's important for all of us when we see new product come out, we see rookies get sold, to not necessarily be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It, 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 this card sold for that much. Like, yes, he had one of the best, if not one of the best rookie seasons ever. Um, but the, you know, we look at it and it's being like, well, there's so much risk. Like, is he going to follow that up? His team's not very good. He's going to have to be play Patrick Mahomes twice. So you start looking at those types of things and you look at the price of what the card is selling for. And then you go look at like, um, you know, an easy one for me to say is just like a Carson Wentz, right? Like, well, in comparison, a Carson Wentz's card is, you know, a percentage of whatever the Justin Herbert's going to sell for. But then you look at the Carson Wentz's situation and be like, you know what? Like, Colts are pretty good. Like they took the bills to the limit. Um, if he plays like he can play, like what does that do to those cards? And like same thing for like a Matt Stafford, a guy who's been in Detroit but now is in LA on a really good team. Same thing for uh, a Russell Wilson, like who's had a proven track record Super Bowl winner. Um, I think those are the interesting things, and those are the things that I'm looking at when new product drops. And when the hype machine is so high on specific players. Let's close it out here. Speaking about hype machine, there's all-time high sales hit every day. Most of them are the results of trends. Some are because of research. Others are acquired because of passion. Paying the most is justified when your piece becomes a collectible. Take caution with commodities. I think this is really important. It's kind of back to the NFT, NFT thing for me. I had a... a, a, a 
two of our friends stopped by and dropped off some stuff. And my buddy talked about NFT and he's not in sports cards. He's not in NFTs. For me, it was easy to say because we talked about cards. And I said, the thing about cards is people buy these things because they want them and they desire them. And there's feelings of nostalgia. And of course, they want the price to go up. But the NFT, like people are in it to make money. And so I think with commodities and your base stuff and your prism cards, like those are commodities because they're, they're transacted on regularly, right? But then what separates the mountain to be true collectibles? And I think that's when you start thinking about rarity. That's when you start thinking about popularity. That's when you start thinking about feeling. And what did I mention at the top? Passion, feeling. When you have rarity, popularity, and feeling and all these things bubbling up, that is an undeniable force. That is an undeniable force that will allow your sports cards to continue to increase and give you enjoyment because that's what we're here for. We're here to be positive and we're here to enjoy sports cards. If you like what you heard on Stacking Slabs, hit that subscribe button. Leave a review if you think I'm doing a good job. Subscribe to the Weekly Rip. Link in the bio. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Got a show coming up on Friday. I got a member of the card ladder team. It's not Chris. It's not Josh. I got Christina at Christina's PC on the show. Hopefully she tells us some fun stories about what's going on at card ladder HQ. I can't wait for that. Talk to you all real soon. Peace. Peace.